Yeah, the other day I was having this conversation with my friend. She's also on the path of mindfulness. And uh, here's what she had to say. Uh, she said, I, I meditate every day, but I don't know uh, how I was not able to handle my thoughts when I was feeling lonely. And then, then we, the discussion led to the point that when we do our formal practice, we also have to try and integrate that with short practices through our routine life, because that is what we want to do. We want to take this awareness and capability uh, to especially handle ourselves when we are triggered. And that's when we will see that uh, the practice has started integrating in our life. And therefore, while the formal practice is extremely important, finding these short moments where we do integrated practice, it's equally important. Uh, so therefore, like Bingyur Rinpoche says, short times, many times should be your mantra to integrate mindfulness into our routine life. Okay, so we have 14 people. Let's start, friends. We will start again with a short practice. Actually, no, I am thinking we'll do a, a little longer practice to settle ourselves down. Usually when we are arriving at a place, there's so much happening in our mind. You've had a full day, so maybe the body has also accumulated some amount of stress and the mind could be all over past, future, worrying, judging, estimating. So this is a good opportunity for us to settle our mind down, settle our body down and bring it to a certain level of peace and joy. Okay, so let's start. I will lead the practice. Find yourself a posture which helps you have the right balance between attention and ease. And let's for the first few cycles of breath, let's take a longer in-breath and a longer out-breath but also being gentle with the breath. Do not force yourself to breathe. Just a little longer than the normal rhythm of your breath. And as we take this long in-breath, we could use the phrase breathing in, I'm taking a long breath. And as we breathe out, breathing in. I'm taking a longer exhalation. And again, you will notice the mind will wander in various forms. Maybe it will start 
judging the experience that, oh, I'm not able to sink my breath or I can't stay with it. Or some other distractions will come up. Whenever any source of distraction happens, recognizing it and without judging, just returning to the long in-breath and the long out-breath. And now you could drop the longer inhalation and exhalations and just follow the natural rhythm of your breath, but being fully aware of the in-breath and being fully aware of the out-breath. And now reminding yourself of this phrase, breathing in, I'm making my breath body light and peaceful. Letting go of any tension that you're holding in your body and the mind. And one powerful way to do that is to connect with our breath Each in-breath is a renewal and each out-breath is letting go. Breathing in, I'm making my body and mind peaceful, calm and joyous. Breathing in, my body and mind are peace and joy. Let's sit with the sense of peace in our mind and body for a few minutes, also bringing ease into our awareness, not holding tight onto anything, because we have nowhere to go and nothing to achieve.
And as you sit there, see if you can have a half smile on your face. Let's take a deep breath now. Gently opening your eyes. Okay, let's have a few minutes for any comments and sharing and questions and then I will hand over to Andre for a short announcement. How are you feeling? Check if something has changed when you arrived, between when you arrived on the call and now after the practice. Mm. Oh, sorry, I was just about to answer, but I have to go. No problem. I'll see you in the next session. much more relaxed more chilled state yeah how wonderful it would be if we are regularly able oh, to access yes yeah how nice it would be if we are regularly able to access this state within us because as we see there is potential like I keep saying, the mind uh, will always be erratic only on the surface. Uh, waves, tidal waves in all forms, distractions, anxiety, worry. But once we start settling the mind using the breath, then we go deeper into the depths of the ocean and then we find it is very tranquil, very serene. And that potential is with us. So yesterday, there was this thought that was coming to me. With the mind, we can create peace, but with the same mind, if not handled properly, we can also create destruction. So both seeds are there. It's important what are we watering every single day. Okay, so I will hand it over to Andre for a couple of minutes for an uh, announcement. Yeah, hi, hi everyone. It's Andre here, Andre Alfonso from Ariel. And I just wanted to take up no more than 90 seconds of this time because I can see a lot of you in a chilled and relaxed and calm state right now. So I just wanted to say and give you, first of all, 
<clears throat> the privilege or the acknowledgement on this call. First of all, say thank you for, for um, being part of Mindful Mondays. We've got such great feedback that we made a decision to extend it by another month to the end of October, as it is free for all of our aerial clients. Um, so I just wanted to let you know that this is going to keep happening. Um, it's, 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 it's our way of making a contribution to all of our clients uh, who work with us with Ariel. So we are thrilled to at least extend it by another month. I would encourage each of you to talk to your colleagues and get them to register and participate because we'd, we'd like to, you know, increase the number of people who can take advantage of, of Nitin and the sessions that we run today. So Thank you again for showing up every Monday at four o'clock. I know it's not easy all the time, but really appreciate that and uh, look forward to it continuing. That's it. Thanks, guys. Back to calmness. Thank you. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm also really excited to conduct this in October. And uh, that's one of my ambition, actually, uh, that spread mindfulness more into education and to as many people as uh, possible through various interventions. I had one question, how to develop self-discipline in your practice? I think, mm, therefore I keep saying this, uh, human beings change only under two conditions. Uh, one, for the first condition, when the pain is too unbearable, then we are anyways forced to do something about it. Or the next condition could be when the pleasure is too desirable. Uh, so for me, my journey of mindfulness started with the pain being too unbearable for me. I was messed up in my thinking. I was really messed up. I couldn't be optimistic at any phase in my life uh, till that point where I was, I, it was the final, uh, what I would say is the final dark night. Uh, I was not able to function physically properly. Uh, I had sinusitis for seven, eight years. And I, I knew that most of these problems were originating from my mind because of multiple failures and other obstacles that I had in life. Uh, and so the pain was too unbearable. One thing I knew for sure is that I will never get into addictions and any other external measures because one, I couldn't afford it. I was struggling financially. And second, uh, I think I had some impact of my dad's counsel when I was growing up where he had laid this thought in me that, you know, it might only take you away from your problems, but never really solve your problems. So I didn't want to get into addiction. So that's when I found a course where, where they were teaching mindfulness practice. And that was my first glimpse of peace within. So I think, but the other way is all of us do not have to wait for the pain to come to us to a level that it becomes unbearable because sometimes we may not also muster all the strength and courage to overcome it. The other way is to set a clear objective about how do I want to lead my life on a day-to-day -day basis? What is the kind of person that I want to become? Uh, do I want to tap into my inner potential of peace without having external conditions attached to it. So this clarity, I think also really helps. When I had those glimpses of peace within, I started having clarity about this is the path that I want to explore because I have already seen the potential of the path. So once we see the potential of the path, one is set an objective about how do I want to lead my life further? And sometimes a good reminder, I'm also in my early 40s and I remind myself that technically or factually, uh, half of my life is gone. 
uh, if I consider that I live till 80, that also is, is not a possibility probably. <laughs> so, uh, but half of it is gone literally. And then I keep checking, how do I want to lead my life further uh, henceforth? And the answer is, I want to keep tapping into this potential of peace. Uh, and I, no matter what, I want to be joyous and happy. So now there is a path for me and the path is the path of mindfulness. Then I would feel inspired to spend little moments every single day to tap into this potential of peace. And literally a lot of my inner world problems, uh, while I won't say I have arrived, but a lot of them have been resolved. At least there's this higher awareness and clarity. So literally again, going back to the basic of uh, human condition, which is setting meaningful goals and making an effort to achieve them. And therefore one formula that I was saying is short times, many times, do short practices. If don't plan for 25 minutes, a stretch practice, but plan for 25 times one minute, maybe that's possible. And then it slowly starts trickling down into our life as a habit. So that's my answer. Uh, most of it is probably the iteration of what we already know, uh, but it's good to keep reminding. Okay, so now we will get into another practice uh, today, which is mindfulness of sounds. And as you see, I am sitting in India. There's a lot of opportunity to be mindful of the sounds that are coming from my background also, and plus the sounds around you. And the practice again, for those of you who haven't done this before, uh, mindfulness is always about being mindful about something. The earlier practice was we used breath as the support for practice. So we were mindful of the breath. This time we will use sounds as the support for practice. And the practice is uh, we have to open our awareness to all the sounds that are reaching out to us and uh, not judging, trying to block it or change any experience, but just acknowledging the sound. And whenever your mind wanders away other than the sounds, recognizing the wandering, gently returning to the awareness of the sounds. Okay, so yes, let's find ourselves again into a supportive posture. And we will start by inviting the bell. So I will ring the bell thrice. The intent is to follow the sound of the bell till it fades out. You may want to turn down the volume of your laptop because sometimes it can be a strong sound. Now just resting our mind on the awareness of sounds.
You will again invite the sound of the bell now. Following the sound of the bell till it fades out. opening your eyes. I missed one sentence which I had to say, which was anytime our mind wanders when we are into the practice and you will notice that on different days, the state of the mind is actually very different. For example, today morning, I woke up with a little bit of shoulder sprain. So my mind was, a part of it was on this, a part of it was on I want to do the session today. A part of it could be 
my brother-in-law's birthday is there today so i have to make some arrangements and so on and so forth so the state of mind was very different but if you notice on a weekend maybe we have nothing to do everything is done for the week the state of you wake up with a different state of mind that oh i just have to chill today there's nothing much to do i can lay around so in different days on different days the state of mind is very different and uh, sometimes you will notice it wanders quite a lot sometimes it's very easy quickly you will settle down and the mind is able to come to one place very quickly so whenever this happens it is just again developing that awareness that okay my mind is wandering too much today and let me just be aware not to fight with it discard judge but just keeping that awareness and then whenever the mind wanders it is not a failure of the practice but when it wanders and we recognize it it is an opportunity to fine tune our awareness and therefore it's a good thing that uh, the mind wanders we recognize it and that's how we are building our awareness okay so now we will pause for comments sharing and question before we go into the next practice but i want to say something about the mindfulness of the breath the more you do it we will realize that mindfulness of the breath the formal practice and at any time during the day bringing your attention to the breath is so important to come to the present moment and i think it's such a beautiful gift that we have our breath going again yesterday i was thinking about something i have to study something so the mind is going all over the place and i realize that i am no more with my breath the moment i realized that and i started feeling my belly go up and down with the in breath and out breath peace descended into me and one of the reasons i think of our suffering is this mind just continuously all over the place uh, and so much of data that we have to look at mobile phone emails so sometimes we lose the touch with peace and the breath can be a fabulous vehicle with which we can return to this peace as much as we do this uh, we will realize that the mind then starts wandering less and less okay so i will pause for any comments and questions also i have a question to ask everyone uh, these are the formal practices that we do right so my question to everyone is how do you think or in how do you intend to bring mindfulness into your routine life apart from the time that you can find out for a formal practice just as what we do right now how else do you think you can bring mindfulness into your routine go back to the breath in trying times absolutely yes i think it helps 
we're doing one task at a time exactly uh, our brains are not designed for multitasking there's enough evidence now and we've also experienced this as simple task as speaking on the phone and writing an email simultaneously we see how the mind has to exert more energy to manage these two tasks so we're not designed for multitasking Usually, if I'm having trouble falling asleep, I focus on my breath and that relaxes me. That's a beautiful practice. Uh, with the breath, then you can also extend the practice by, to watching body sensations. And you will see that it's easy to get into sleep. I use it to relax at night before sleeping to calm myself. Brilliant practice. Notice little things like a bird singing or the taste of a tea. Lovely, uh, Kate. And this is called as savoring. And there's, again, uh, a good research when we savor a moment and savoring means fully experiencing that moment with our five senses. When we savor a moment, the experience is much richer uh, and we experience life in detail when we are savoring. So as simple as drinking your tea mindfully, maybe not the entire cup of tea, but maybe just first four to five sips, just savoring the moment the experience becomes much richer for us. And that actually then leads to peace and joy. So like a bird singing, uh, you can then just close your eyes and become mindful of the sound of the birds. And that's savoring again. Uh, make a point to pause and notice the breath before I open my computer when I sit back, sit back down at my desk, brilliant. Uh, also, I have started doing this whenever I have this instinct to reach out to my phone without reason. Uh, and again, one of the research says we check our phone 150 times a day. Uh, and most of the times, you know, we're just checking if anything has arrived. So if I have that instinct, I will just pause, take a couple of breaths or maybe follow the cycle of five breaths. And then I will check, do I still want to pick up the phone? Most of the times the instinct subsides. By being present with different sounds, I think it will help me engage and listen to others. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, when we do mindfulness of sounds practice, uh, I have read in, in one of the scriptures, I have st I'm still not there, but I think I'm getting there in glimpses. Uh, and it says when we do mindfulness of sounds this way, eventually the progress would be, we would be able to receive praise and criticism with equanimity. Because ultimately, they are also sounds only, you know, somebody speaking out praise and somebody speaking out criticism for us. So I want to, I'm aspiring to get there. Okay, that's a great advice. We escape boredom using phones. Yeah, I mean, it's such a, I'm going to call it as a toxic practice to take support of the phone to escape boredom. Yeah. I love the idea of short practices. Before I had to set aside 20 to 30 minutes and so I would often skip it. Now I do two minutes whenever I remember, and it happens many times a day. That's a fabulous way to bring mindfulness into our routine. Because the moment we say, I have to sit for 30 minutes, the brain will go, oh my God, 30 minutes is too long. I have too many things to do. Actually, I can't even sit for 30 minutes. After first five minutes, my mind starts wandering. This is how our mind is also playing games with us, right? So you can say, okay, my mind, do it for two minutes. Then the mind will say, ah, ha, ha. that is possible. I can do it for two minutes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So mind, will, mind is very cunning. No, it will give a lot of excuses. Then you can say, okay, I will give you an incentive. We will do it only for two minutes. And then you will realize that two minutes can, once you have tapped into that piece, 
it can extend to four minutes, five minutes. Okay, good. So we will do one more practice today. Uh, I have called this as self-compassion practice. But before that, I want to ask all of you a question. Uh, has it happened to you at least once in your life so far that you've beaten yourself too hard or you've been too harsh, critical with yourself, blamed yourself for something that has happened? Has it happened at least once? For me, it has happened multiple times. Uh, Bernie says, all the time. Oh, okay. And how does that make you feel? Constantly, often, yeah. Have you also felt at times inadequate? And because of that feeling of being inadequate, you've compared yourself. We have, we have beaten ourselves too hard by feeling inadequate. He says, worthless. Yeah, yeah. Terrible, yeah. And do you think if we, if we treat ourselves with this way, do you think it will give us any inspiration to strive for growth or it will be, in fact, counterproductive? What are your thoughts? Need to be kinder, yeah, yeah, okay. Direct route to depression, yes, where else could it lead us? All the time saying, I'm no better, I'm no good, oh, I shouldn't have done that at all, I was stupid. Some people I've heard in counseling sessions, I can't ever forgive myself. Oh my God, and I was like, this is so much of a weight to carry, yeah. You become anxious and then question everything you do and say, yeah. One small mistake, we will blow it up to the proportion that we are the most horrible person in this world by being self-deprecating. So friends, we know the impact of all of this, right? And the problem is, you know how we try to deal with this impact? Affirmations. I am the best person in the world. I am feeling powerful. But our internal reality is contradictory to the affirmation. And again, the affirmation sometimes can make us feel more anxious, worried, because there's something emerging inside us, which is very, very strong, blame, guilt, shame. And we're trying to just package it differently by affirming. Affirmations are not wrong. But first, we have to come to a space where we experience equanimity. From that, we affirm. Okay. Uh, I have a couple of comments. And worst thing is that little thing isn't even noticed by anyone exactly, exactly. Uh, but we bloated up in our mind so much that next seven to eight hours can be suffering. So friends, today we will practice self-compassion. And self-compassion does not mean pep talk. It does not mean affirming that I am powerful, I am, I am this, I am that. It does not mean any of this. Okay, it just means being looking at ourselves with kindness. And what does this looking mean? Sometimes just saying that it's okay. I'm a human being. I accept what I have felt. I embrace what I'm going through right now. I accept my emotions. And then with that lens of kindness, we can extend compassion to ourselves saying, no problem. It has happened with me. I am a human being. I go through all these experiences and I am okay. I accept the present moment or I accept what has happened. That does not mean we cannot improve. We should not strive for improvement. In fact, there's a beautiful research. Again, please do have referred to this book, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, where he says there's a clear, clear study 
performance never improves by harsh self-criticism. In fact, if we are kind, I think we have a more chance of looking for growth because moment, the moment I'm kind to myself, I will say, yes, with this kindness, I want to become better rather than saying, I'm no good, I'm no good, I'm no good and beating ourselves up. A bad way uh, to become more productive. Some people say with kindness, I will become complacent. And my suggestion is at least start and then we will see if you become complacent. But all your life, you've been beating yourself too hard. At least stop that and be a little kind. Then we'll see what happens. If you become egoistic, complacent, we'll see what to do with it later on. Can you tell that to our bosses? You could invite them to one of our sessions on mindfulness. Okay. Okay, friends. So I will first give instructions of the practice and then we will spend some time, at least few moments, to be self-compassionate. Now, the practice could start with a little bit of recalling of some event in your past, where you still have traces of remorse or guilt or self-blame. Do not take something that has been very traumatic, but just enough uh, that you have little traces. You're not fully liberated from it. You still feel it was your fault. You blame yourself. Okay, You may have one such event that has happened in your life. Uh, so find that. And then let's, uh, in the practice, we will think of that event. Recall a little bit of details of that event. And now this time, imagine we have the energy of mindfulness to relook at it. And this time, we will see if we can offer kindness and compassion to ourselves. And sometimes offering kindness and compassion to ourselves means, yes, I acknowledge what has happened. I went through some, some amount of suffering. I acknowledge the suffering. I acknowledge that I have judged myself. And now the last part could be, imagine if you have to offer some kind words to yourself. Okay, what would you have to say then? So the first part, recall the event. The second part, acknowledge the guilt, blame, shame that we've gone through. And the third part is offering words of kindness. If you have to offer that to yourself, what would you say? and then just offering that to ourselves, and then we will close the practice. So if you have received my instructions correctly, give me a thumbs up, and then I will lead the practice. Okay, so again, friends, find yourself uh, supportive posture. It's always good to start with a couple of deep breaths. Let's take a deep breath. And let's take one more deep breath. And now let's begin our practice by recalling an event from your past with which you still haven't made complete peace. But as I said, do not think of something very traumatic, but it's something that still displeases you. 
And when you think of that event now, you can bring this energy of mindfulness by becoming aware of what's unfolding in your mind and body. At this time, from the lens of mindfulness, you can see how you have probably blamed yourself, belittled yourself, compared yourself. And then also because of that, whatever emotions you went through, this is the moment to just acknowledge what has happened, even not trying to judge it, criticize, or evaluate. Just acknowledging what had happened and how you felt. And if you feel some strong sensations in your body, just take a deep breath. And you could exhale through your mouth. Let's take one more deep breath. Exhale through your mouth. And now we will offer ourselves kindness, which means imagine if you had to say some kind and compassionate words to yourself. I would actually invite you to go ahead and do that. And when you do that, sometimes you'll also notice that while we are trying to offer kindness to ourselves, the critical mind jumps in. But don't worry, sometimes that's the nature of the mind. Just acknowledge it and continue to offer kindness. With this understanding of mindfulness, we don't have to stay stuck in our old narratives. From the present, we can again look at the past and develop a completely different understanding about the past. And we can offer ourselves kindness and compassion. 
Now notice anything that has changed in your body, any sensations that have changed. Notice if your state of mind has shifted. You may also realize that with kindness, we can return to peace, but with blame, we can't. Blame is like those embers of fire, continuously on in subtle ways, where we do not recognize how harmful it can be. So let's take a deep breath now. Gently opening your eyes. Okay. Okay, let's have a few minutes for comments and questions. How was this practice? needed huh what you could also do if you feel inspired friends tonight when you do your mindfulness practice with this practice of kindness that we did maybe you could write a letter to yourself with kindness no pep talk uh, no affirmation but just with kindness offering love to self write a letter to yourself it's a very healing practice i have done that in the past a few times a little hard to do yes barbara it is hard because uh, you know sometimes or rather all the events that we have faced in life unconsciously because we become so critical about ourselves and i think our entire system is like that since childhood i was writing one chapter yesterday since childhood because the focus is so much on being successful unknowingly uh, people around us or we also criticize ourselves for the mistakes that we do thinking that you know, I will not repeat it and become successful. So that's largely the pattern. My mind wanted to keep changing the past situation, perhaps avoidance. Yeah, it's challenging to face these difficult emotions. Like to think of what I would say to a friend who was dealing with the same situation. I would be so much kinder to them than to myself. Exactly. You know, and we've done this. When our friends have been too hard to themselves, we've saying, chill out. I mean, it's okay, relax. We are human beings. Haven't we said that to our friends? Imagine that, uh, but while we're doing that, what are we doing to ourselves is we have to be mindful. We have to be mindful. I have done that for many years of my life. I can't tell you how horrible I felt, how, how much was my self-esteem damaged because of all this that I was doing to myself. And then I was to say, why don't I connect with people? Why doesn't the world love me? And all that, you know, so I wasn't offering kindness to myself. Yeah, it is challenging and therefore friends, but now we have this energy of mindfulness. With that, we can look at all our judgments, all our challenges. And when we clear the dust on the window, then we'll start seeing the sun outside or at least a ray will enter into our room. And we're trying to, with these practices, we're clearing off the dust little by little. 
so that the rays come in and we have a new insight. I started thinking about the endless amount of contributing factors into any given event situation. I seem to forget about these when I'm self-critical, yeah. And that time, David, what we can do is breathing in, I relax and let go, breathing out, I relax and let go. And then look at that with kindness. I did my best, external conditions weren't favorable. And it's okay. I'm a human being, I will go through all these experiences. I think when we give ourselves the permission to be kind, we also become more tolerant towards others is what I feel and I've also experienced. We also start offering that kindness and then we support them in their journey also. Uh, as a leader, I think it is very important for us to do that, to support our team members when they become very self-critical, when they go into the downward spiral, to help them look at themselves with kindness. It's important and I think what the world is going through right now, it's even more important that we do this. Okay, so we will do, I don't know if I've missed any comments. Uh, I have, I'm using a new laptop, which I'm not used to it. Uh, okay, just in case if I missed any comment, uh, maybe you could just uh, share it again. Okay, so we'll do a short practice to end our session. And the short practice is uh, maybe something stirred up inside you right now. Uh, we will do a short practice again to come back to this potential of peace. Because remember the stirring up, the upheavals are only on the surface of the ocean. Beneath, it's tranquil. So simple practice. Breathing in, I smile. Breathing out, I relax and let go. We'll just follow a few cycles of breath like this, maintaining a half smile on your face every time you breathe in. Breathing in, I smile. Breathing out, I relax and let go. Okay, so let's start. Don't forget to have that half smile on your face. Okay, let's take a deep breath. Gently opening your eyes. 
So when we do a formal practice, as soon as we finish the practice, we should not immediately reach out to the phone or get onto our emails, but just carry this pleasantness awareness, at least for the next few moments, maybe walk a little mindfully, or uh, if you want to do any activity, then just settling down, bringing that awareness to that activity, slowing down a little bit, can help us to be in that state for a few more moments, which we can call as an extended practice. Okay, so time for final comments or questions and then we'll close the session today. And I really encourage you, uh, if possible tonight, write a letter of compassion and kindness to yourself. Very relaxed and sleepy. Yeah, you could now just rest and revitalize yourself. What are some things we can say to ourselves that offer compassion or kindness? Exactly. Okay, cool. So let's say if you're beating yourself too hard for, for something that you really strived for, but the success wasn't as expected, then you could say, what was my intent? My intent was pure. I gave it all. And the external conditions were not favorable. So success, the failure does not define me. So that is one way. When I used to beat myself up very much for experiencing pain and uh, debilitating emotions, I used to say, oh, I, I should be strong. I should be strong. But then I changed my narrative saying that I'm a human being. I allow myself to experience pain. All human beings do. It is a natural human process. So I do that. If I do a mistake or if I haven't met my own standards, then I will say, okay, so I acknowledge what has happened. Breathing in, breathing out, a couple of mind, mindful breaths. I say, I relax. And with that acknowledgement, and acknowledgement is just acknowledgement. It is not justifying evaluating, judging, nothing. It's just purely acknowledging, acknowledging the event and acknowledging my own emotions. And in embracing, yeah, yes, I am feeling pain of what has happened. And those emotions are like sensations in the body. Experiencing them, you will see eventually they fade out. So these are a few things that I do. Uh, and then you could also find something that for yourself, from your world, those words which, which, are closer to kindness for you. Uh, so a lot of youths in India have this language. It's okay, dude. It's okay. I, mean, I don't think that those are very empowering words. Those are just flashy words. So finding those words uh, where we really uh, using the support of the words we can we can offer kindness to ourselves. Okay. Oh, you watched the social dilemma. Wow, it's amazing. It's startling, right? Uh, I am still in that thought and I'm creating videos in my vernacular language here, Marathi and Hindi, to inspire people to, to of the impact of social media on their lives. In India, I think it's a grave situation. Uh, we're getting sucked into it badly. So David, uh, I hope I've been able to offer something as a suggestion. I don't want to give you exact words because those words come from my world. Uh, they may not support you in your world. Yeah, okay. Social dilemma was eye-opening, yes. And uh, let's do something collectively for it, friends. Uh, ask uh, even the youths from your family to join our mindfulness sessions. The best thing that we can do is create an awakening and awareness. And uh, I'm very committed to doing it. 
I feel very strongly for this cause. Uh, and because uh, to close the session, I'm just going to say one line, uh, which I remember from what Osho had said. Uh, he said, uh, don't use this world uh, as a waiting room on the railway platform. Make sure when you leave it, leave the world, you leave it a little better for others to live. Uh, I think uh, uh, we can, and in India, largest young population of the world, uh, it's important that we, with what we can do, uh, we can help others uh, and, uh, and leave some footsteps. <laughs> okay, so let's do something collectively. Let's at least get this thought evolving. What can we do for people to be more aware? Uh, one of the things that we can do is offer our sessions. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you if I ranted a lot. Uh, sorry if I ranted a lot. Uh, thank you for joining. And uh, I wish you a peaceful week. And uh, we are all in it together. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay safe, everybody.